BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Kyle Coster Show, presented by the Big Lead. I'm here with Stephen Douglas. Stephen, it's NFL kickoff week. We've had this marked on our calendars for a long time. Some psychos have been counting down like 180, 170 days that maybe they have those like chain links that you put up around Christmas time where you take one down. People love the NFL. It is the singular most important sport in America. It's all anybody talks about. Football is king. Every single year, I don't think I'm going to get into it. I'm a big college guy. But then this calendar turns over to this time of the fall, and I start thinking, you know what? Maybe sitting down with seven hours of red zone football on a Sunday sounds pretty nice. Maybe having that on in the background and being able to keep track of what's going on and falling in love with new storylines and just basically seeing how people freak out about football to a level that I'll never get. I feel like I get enjoyment out of it. So what are your 30,000 foot thoughts on the NFL as we approach this upcoming season? Yeah, uh, I love the fall. So when football's here, it it's very comforting, uh, even if we do have some, you know, icky feelings in the back of our head about the sport and uh, some of the people that play it. But yeah, it's just nice every Thursday and Monday and Sunday and Sunday night to have something that is kind of communal and something that, you know, it's been part of my life for, you know, as long as I can remember following sports. It's, it's just nice. I hate to say this word, but as a content creator myself, it's interesting to see how much the National Football League props up a lot of content year round. Mm-hmm. And 
as these months have gone by and kickoff has come closer, so there's been so much done to kind of preview. You can get any expert from any field weighing in. I probably have consumed 25, 30 hours of like in-depth stuff previewing and laying out the season. Again, as I said at the top, it is not my main thing. It's just so ubiquitous and the biggest names are doing it. So what I thought we would do is kind of do a zag while everybody else zigs. And I'm going to go through the teams and I want you to give me the first thing that comes to mind about these teams. I'll respond with my first thing kind of playing off that. I don't want to spend more than a minute on any single one, but I kind of want to do an experiment here and see what we thought about at the top of the season. The one thought we had, if that was the dominant thing that defined the season and what that looks like when we are at the end, I feel like we make things entirely too complicated sometimes. And you can have everybody looking at it one angle. So what we're going to focus on is the one storyline, our one thought. We're going to rip through it. It's going to be fast. It's going to be furious. Steven, are you ready? Yes, of course. First team on the list, Buffalo Bills, go. Uh, COVID. I don't know what else to add. Cole Beasley and they're just going to – all the teams are going to have issues, but it feels like the Bills are just – putting themselves in the worst position, but they're going to be very good when, you know, they're all healthy and on the field. Yeah. I think COVID is a concern for them. Maybe not the most dire circumstance. I would still give that to the Minnesota Vikings where I see a revolt coming potentially, Mm -hmm. especially if my man, Kirk cousins does not play good football. Kirk you're up against it. It's time to play for the Buffalo bills. Josh Allen's progression. I mean, two or three years ago, if you had a time machine and you had gone back and said, this is the player Josh Allen is going to be, I don't think you would have gotten a lot of people who believed you. Now it's almost like they're kind of the second favorites in the AFC. I'm not as concerned about COVID for them as I am Allen taking a step back. I know he got a huge contract. I know that he's on the upward ascent, but I do think we're going to reach a time with him where he hits his ceiling. And I'm hope and I'm hoping for the Bills' sake that it's not this year. Number two team, Miami Dolphins. Uh, Tua. <laughs> don't you know he's? We don't know if he's ever going to be good. Uh, the fact that they are attached to like the only Deshaun Watson rumors is troubling. Uh, because no one should be attached to those. But, you know, they feel like they'll still be in the middle of the pack in the AFC East. Yeah, I'm not really a big Tua fan. I think last year was as much a result of Ryan Fitzpatrick playing good football as opposed to Tua. I don't think he's going to take that next step. It's weird the way they've played that. The Dolphins did not come down and swat away the Deshaun Watson rumors can't imagine how you would ever trade for this guy until the legal stuff gets cleared up. I think that we're looking at another step back for the Dolphins because the Patriots are going to be better this year and they are the next team on the list, Patriots. Yeah, uh, I'm going to miss Cam Newton, uh, all the storylines he creates, but Mac Jones should step forward and create some new content for us. Um, I really don't know how good he's going to be but you figure with Belichick and if he's half decent, then the patch should be okay. And, you know, fight for the wild card. Going to be fascinating to see just how quickly Mac Jones is Tom Brady takes 
start forming if he does have a successful start of the season. I expect this team to be vastly improved. I think that they have retooled on the defense. There's more weaponry on the offense. And I, I think that Belichick knew all along that he wanted Jones. I don't think it's revisionist history to think that he was planning for him to fault him all the way at 15. I think he was always the guy shocking move to release Newton, but I do think that's a thing that Belichick did as a courtesy to a former MVP to say, Hey, look, you're not going to be the starter here. That thing that came up where Jones was allegedly teaching Newton the playbook, that's not a great look. And if that's true, if that, if that is where Newton is checked out in terms of the preparation, I wouldn't expect him to see, I wouldn't expect to see him on a team going forward. Last team in the AFC East, the New York Jets. Uh, Zach Wilson. Um, will we find out if he's actually going to be good? Uh, he's going to be on a really bad team. If he is going to be good, it could still be something like uh, Peyton Manning's rookie year, where I think they won like three games. And then the next year they jumped to 13. But yeah, it just doesn't seem likely for that to happen to the Jets, even if uh, Wilson is good. Tony Romo's comments about Zach Wilson, I think, were the most shocking thing of the offseason. I think that Tony was just saying something. I think you're rewarded for having a large outsized opinion. Doesn't make any sense. I don't see it with Zach Wilson right away. I guess that he's impressed in camp and the people that have been around have been giving good reports in terms of the leadership. It's so funny with him. He is such a baby face. Uh, he is coming from BYU. You think that the transition to New York would be huge and what if he's going to be able to withstand that media landscape, but the early returns are pretty good there. I think they will be a fun team to watch uh, on the red zone. I do think that they'll score some points, but I don't think that they're going to win many football games. The class of this division for you is? Uh, the Bills. And why? Uh, they're the best team. They were the best team last year. They were in the AFC Championship. Um, they're just the best team. I'm going to go ahead and go off the board here. And I think that the Patriots come back and win this division. I really think that Belichick is the best coach to ever do it in the NFL. I think this is going to be his comeback year where he proves – to Brady that, Hey, you know, I still got it up here. I really see a step back for the bills, potentially that COVID issue. Like you mentioned, I mean, that's just the thing that is hanging out there. I do think availability will be a big thing. Now, obviously I think the bills are going to make the playoffs, but I will throw a bit of a curveball to everybody and pick the new England Patriots to get back there. Boston sports guys everywhere will love that moving to the AFC West. The Denver Broncos. The bad. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater could be decent, but I, I don't know. They were, they were bad last year. Bridgewater isn't like the kind of uh, – I, th I think Bridgewater's pretty good, but I don't think he's like a franchise-changing guy. Yeah, we're a pro Bridgewater blog. We've talked about it internally. We like him. We think he's kind of maybe the second coming of Fitzpatrick where he's a viable option. He doesn't want to be your number one long-term option though. They're in a real tough situation because I think that this division is going to be a murderer's row. There's no easy victories. Uh, I have a hard time seeing them win any of the road games. They have a young core of offensive weapons and they're pretty good at wide receiver. 
So Bridgewater plays well. I could see them flirting with, uh, you know, an eight and nine, nine and eight year. I don't think that'll be good enough to make the playoffs. The Kansas City Chiefs are probably going to be the class of the AFC again, as long as Patrick Mahomes is healthy. Uh, they have a lot of weapons. They have Andy Reid, who's a Hall of Fame coach and maybe one of the top five or ten guys who have ever done it, you know, right around with Belichick with his resume. But, yeah, I mean, they're going to be fun to watch. They're going to be exciting. They're going to be good. Really tough schedule, really interesting year for Mahomes. He played awesome in that Super Bowl. I was just reminded of that. He just couldn't do anything. So I'm really excited to see him come back hungry, kind of in a prove-it year. I think doing it for what? This would be the fourth season where he would be arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. That type of longevity is pretty rare. And to think that we might have six or seven more years where is he where he is the number one, you start kind of seeing like the full field about what his legacy is going to be. The Las Vegas Raiders. I'm just thinking about their stadium a lot. Uh, I, I really don't remember if they had full occupancy last year. Probably not. But just seeing uh, like people in the nightclubs during the game and uh, seeing what Mark Davis's house is going to look like, you think that they're committed to a certain level of uh, ridiculousness. Yeah, put me down as a bust for the whole Las Vegas experience. I don't think it's going to catch on. I think it's going to be <laughs> kind of a sad bachelor party type thing. I don't think that they're going to get the type of engagement that they enjoyed for so long in Oakland. I mean, you had, those people were psychos in a good way, and it was a tough place to play. I kind of see it as being like this neutral site game almost where all the visiting fans are going to say, hey, new trip to Vegas. I kind of don't love the move. I'm not too inspired about this team. Uh, I've never been excited to watch a car play football, uh, and, and Gruden, I feel like, is has not been exposed as the terrible GM uh, and kind of like figurehead that he can be. It's kind of shocking when you remember that he has that contract, hasn't done anything to this point with it, and will continue to be shut out from the playoffs, in my opinion. One thing I wanted to add about the stadium is that I think that the Raiders should pitch it, pitch home games as like a sort of Vegas immersive experience where people can go in and they buy all the black hole stuff and they get to play they, like an escape room. They get to go in there and pretend they're Raiders fans, you know, and everybody comes together no matter where they're from around the world. And I think giving the Raiders a home environment that is like formidable with just all these fans of different franchises would be a lot of fun. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, everybody likes to uh, play make-believe uh, and maybe that'll be the thing, I guess, you know, we're spending too much time on the Raiders. I can't believe that this is the one we, we locked down on, but I guess if you're going for Vegas, you should take B, you should, you should be taking big swings because if not there, where can you do it? Finally, last team in the division, the LA chargers. Uh, their quarterback is young and exciting. Uh, I hope he stays healthy. I don't know if they're ready to take a leap or anything, but you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching them. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, both LA teams kind of are vying for respect. Football in LA was kind of seen as this 
failure when it came back. Now we have the new stadiums. We have the Rams who are Super Bowl contenders. We have Herbert who could be uh, a legitimate top 10 quarterback for a long time. I'm really curious to see what the breakdown in fandom is for LA long-term. And I think that the chargers really have a fighting chance to be the more likable team. And I assume that we both have the chiefs as winning the AFC West, right? Yep. Chiefs. I, I, maybe you see an upset coming. I don't. Nope, absolutely not. I like the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs to win at least 14 games this year. I think they're going to be a juggernaut. Moving to the toughest division in football, at least physically, the AFC North. First team up for examination, Baltimore Ravens. Uh, should contend again. I think it sucks that they lost, uh, what was it, Dobbins, their running back. Um, but, you know, it's, the AFC North is tough, and they'll, they will be in the mix. Yeah, I, I'm really curious to see what they what the plan is for Lamar Jackson. I mean, we've seen him be really good and we've seen him kind of like turn into Clark Kent when the defense plays him a special way. Can he develop to be a pocket passer? I don't really see it. Uh, again, so much of it hinges on both his health and his ability to figure it out in the playoffs. I think that John Harbaugh is one of the best coaches in football so they do have that going for them the Bengals um I hope Burrow comes back and is able to come all the way back and be healthy and exciting but the Bengals are it looks like they wasted their uh, top five or top ten pick um on Burrow's old teammate and they're probably gonna they're gonna be at the bottom of the division again yeah it's a bummer to not have any expectations the second year with a number one quarterback, you assume the first year is going to be pretty rough. You assume the second year, maybe you can get to six wins. I guess that'd be six and 11 this year. If they get to five or six wins this year, I think that that would be a bit of a surprise, but it wouldn't necessarily be a success because everybody in the division is so much better than them. And also it's kind of amazing how little we hear about this franchise. Uh, Joe Burrow did very little to breathe new life into it. Uh, maybe he can't, maybe, you know, that's, that would be, maybe my expectations were too high for him, but it's not like the, there's any type of buzz or excitement around the Bengals where there is buzz and excitement, the Cleveland Browns. Super Bowl or bust. Um, if, I mean, that's what it feels like last year too. Uh, be nice to have OBJ back and hopefully he's all the way back and, yeah, the, the Browns should they I think they'll probably win the division. Oh, spoiler alert. Oh, that's all right. Uh, you know, I mean, you're always playing a few minutes into the future. The Browns remind me of kind of the Tigers growing up rooting for the Detroit Tigers. Terrible for so long, started to get good, advance up the ranks, find themselves in the World Series or the ALCS. It's kind of like you get deep into the playoffs. I fear what's going to happen with Baker Mayfield and this crop of Browns players is they're going to hit a ceiling and it's going to be in the conference championship game. And then is it really a success? So one of this, if they're going to win a Super Bowl, I really feel like they need to steal one and maybe they have a three-year window to do that. I just don't think they're quite there yet unless Baker has made huge strides as a quarterback. He's close and I love Kevin Stefanski. I just don't think that they're at the top of the AFC in a way that the Chiefs are. 
The Pittsburgh Steelers could go any direction here. Where are we going? Um, yeah, I think they'll kind of be with the Ravens right behind the Browns, uh, well ahead of the Bengals, um, unless Roethlisberger's hurt or even worse if he's healthy and just bad. Um, so it, it kind of hinges on Roethlisberger. They've got an exciting uh, rookie running back. And we know from Le'Veon Bell that, you know, Mike Tomlin knows how to use an exciting, versatile back. Yeah. Is this one last hurrah for Big Ben or is it a sad retirement tour? Uh, when he's bad and when he's not healthy, this team can be pretty awful. So I wouldn't be shocked if they finish under 500. And I guess I also wouldn't be totally shocked if they won the division, but that would mean looking like a totally different team than they looked last year. Whereas the division hasn't dropped that much. Your winner for this group. Yeah. So I think the Browns will win it by like a game. Yeah, I agree. I I think that the, the Browns are going to have a really strong home field advantage this year. I think Stefanski has established himself to the point where he can compete against those two great in division coaches that he goes up against. Heading south in the AFC, Houston Texans. Can't wait for this one. Just a mess. Um, probably going to be the worst team in the league. Uh, they've got the that super awkward Watson thing where they're going to keep him on the roster. They're going to keep him active and then just not dress him. I, it's a waste of a roster spot in, in a sport where the roster spots are very hard to come by. Um, they have an old coach. They have... Uh, front office that's been an embarrassment it's not good yeah what i mean it's as disastrous an offseason as any sporting franchise has had in the last 10 years confounding making decisions that don't make any sense i know that you've been writing hey why don't they play watson and maybe that's done tongue-in-cheek but it does prove a point that they don't have a plan and they don't have an out because no team can responsibly bring that on. Like what is, what is the leverage here for the Texans? Like they have none, like the best case scenario is they keep him around and, and continue to pay him and get the negative PR hit. So I don't see any, I don't see any cause for optimism here in Houston. I will be curious to see if they have a better record than my Detroit lions, but that is the battle for the number one pick right now. In my eyes, the Colts, uh, I don't know. They were pretty, they were pretty good last year. Uh, I think they're going to be a little down this year because they've got Carson Wentz. If he um, is healthy somehow, or if he's not on the COVID list, uh, it will be interesting to see if Wentz has anything left, but uh, yeah, I'm not too excited about the Colts. See, okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you here because I think that this division sucks. And I'm not totally sold on the Titans defense. I know that they can score points. I know that the Titans have weapons. The Colts are tough. The Colts are tough. They have a tough coach. They play a lot of close games. Uh, You trust them in the final minutes in a way that I'm not trusting anybody else in this division. So I wouldn't be shocked if they made a little run, a little, little playoff run here. I'm not the biggest Wentz fan, but when I serve, they who he's going to be playing it's two free wins against the Texans it's likely one and a half free wins against the Jags and then you split with the Titans you know you're in a really good position here so I'm not 
I'm not expecting enormous things for the Colts, but I think that playoffs are within reach. The Jags are uh, interesting to see if Urban Meyer is any good as a coach. Uh, the Tebow thing really makes you question what he's doing because, you know, like, like with Watson on the Texans, just these are the NFL is so competitive and all these spots are so hard to fill and you're wasting time and taking reps away from guys that deserve it. Uh, if Lawrence is good, if Lawrence is what Lawrence is supposed to be, then, you know, the Jaguars will win a few more games and be headed on the right direction. Yeah, I think if you're a Jaguars fan, you sign up for the Meyer-Lawrence marriage independent of anything that happens this year. People are going to be making big, drastic conclusions about what the era is going to look like based on the season where they're going to be bad. I'm sorry, they they can't win many football games. Uh, So results, throw them out the window. I think that I actually believe in Urban. I mean, he's got a track record that he's won every single place that he's that he's been i do think he's a great communicator a lot of it has been you know like he's trying to do things like he did in college but i think that he's able to interact and connect with a lot of people and in the pros he'll figure out a way to put the onus on the players to lead things without as much hand holding so i'm a believer in urban long term in jacksonville going to be a rough year the titans i think derrick henry is kind of like uh what tom brady or uh, LeBron James is where until it stops happening, we should believe it's going to happen. So he's just going to continue to dominate as a runner. And I think the tight Titans will be able to put enough, have put enough around him that, you know, they're going to keep winning. Yeah. The year of uh, everybody not being sure where to slot Ryan Tannehill in the hierarchy of NFL quarterbacks, no one is harder to figure out. I mean, The guy, when he completes passes, they go for huge plays, but he has such explosive, explosive weaponry around him. And then he also has, you know, Derrick Henry, you got to load up the box. So it's like, is Tannehill good? I'm kind of of the mindset that he is like being able to win on the road in the playoffs showed me a lot. They're going to play a lot of 45 to 38 games, maybe the most if not the most fun, one of the most fun teams to watch on red zone. And hopefully you stock up on them in fantasy. That's an entire conference done. We need to pick the winner of this division. Uh, Well, I'm picking the Titans to win the AFC South and who you got. I'll go with the Titans as well. And, and then taking that group that you've selected, who do you see making the, title game in this conference and who's going to represent them in the Super Bowl? Well, I would have to say the Chiefs. Um, It's another one of those things where I expect it to happen. So until Andy Reid and Patrick Mahone show me it won't happen anymore, I'm just going to go with the favorites. Yeah, I'm going to go the Chiefs over Buffalo. I think Buffalo has the talent to get there. I know that I did not pick them, but I think you put them in the playoffs. They're able to win anywhere um, in in adverse conditions, but yeah, I think that this is going to be a chief's revenge season, uh, making it all the way to the Super Bowl. We'll pick that game later because we have a whole new conference to do. We're doing great on time and I'm loving this too, because there's absolutely no prep that went into it, but it's kind of funny. Like 
many talking points and things just get filtered down to osmosis and how quickly we're able to go. We're raring to go. We're hungry for football. The yeah. NFC America's team, hard knocks team, Dallas Cowboys, big year. I'm, I'm a believer in Dak Prescott. I think he's a pretty good quarterback. Uh, if he's healthy, I think that the Cowboys will have a good season. Yeah. I, I kind of want to root for Dak. I really do. I, I like him. I love his attitude. I think he's an excellent player. I think he's tough. Really hard to root for the Cowboys. Uh, really, really hard. I just don't know how they can have realistic aspirations of knocking off the top tier of the NFC. Maybe they can get out of this division, which we expect to be down. But I don't know if you're a realistic Cowboys fan where your expectations should be. New York football giants. Uh, should be bad again, probably. Um, I don't have any great insights on the Giants. I know that Barkley was drafted too high and Jones hasn't really shown much. So I don't know how you can have high expectations for him. Small bit of reporting here uh, and related to the Giants. I, Daniel Jones' name is one of those that was kind of brought up sarcastically, I think, at first in terms of like getting a job at ESPN or Fox or wherever uh, in media if he's out of quarterbacking. <laughs> but I actually think that there might be something there. Uh, this year is going to go a long way in deciding who he, who he is as a pro. I can't imagine him having another bad year and uh, keeping the same amount of leash and slack. So he needs to show improvement. I don't think it's going to come. I, I, I saw this morning that uh, Peter Schrager picked them to win uh, the division. So uh, bold choice. I'm going to go ahead and say it's closer to a six win year for those football giants, Philadelphia Eagles. It's funny. You know, I'm just looking at the NFC East standings from last year and every single team was below 500. So it's like every single team you're like, well, yeah, they could be better this year, which means absolutely nothing. Uh, so with that in mind, yeah, the Eagles could be better this year. Um, I, I, would like to see Jalen Hurts turn into a real quarterback and he's seen, he has a lot of potential. So we'll see. Little bit down on Hurts myself. I loved him in college. I haven't seen it uh, at, at the pro level yet. The Nick Sirianni experience is going to be fun. Uh, I, I think that he kind of got a bad edit initially. I, I I'm anxious to see what his actual work product looks like and if he becomes a lovable personality because i do think that there's a chance if he wins in philadelphia he can become like kind of a cult figure over there uh finally the washington pigskins it will be interesting to see ryan fitzpatrick in yeah another uniform and if he can drag so i i, I don't understand fitzpatrick but you know i guess if he can make them one win better at uh, eight and uh, nine, then they can compete for the uh, the NFC's title. Yeah, this team is kind of like I've been feeling like I'm taking crazy pills because just yesterday or the other day, Greenberg doubled down on saying this is a team like don't be surprised if they make the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't believe in Ryan Fitzpatrick that much. I really don't. I know that everybody loves his beard. I have a beautiful beard myself. I'm never going to get there. So I appreciate what he's doing with his follicles and I appreciate the head on his shoulders. Uh, you know, Jeremiah Johnson was a great movie, but I just, I am not 
I don't believe in the Fitz magic. I'm sorry. Yeah. So for the winner of the division, I would go with the Cowboys with like a nine and eight record. I think yeah, me Jack, too. I think it's worth a few wins. Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, the best of the least over there. NFC West, very competitive. Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray and uh, who's the coach? Yeah, the, the very nice looking young man. Um, they were 500 last year. Uh, if they can go, well, they can't go 500 again because there's an odd number of games. I have I have no feelings about the Cardinals. They're probably the they're the worst team in their division. So what are you gonna do? Yeah, I can see the future and it involves me watching the late window in week eight of red zone and being like, huh, that receiver's still with the Cardinals. Uh they really are up against it in the Q score battle. I think of all the teams in the NFL, I might hear about them the least. It's pretty shocking how little you hear about the Cardinals and they've had some success over the last 15 years. It's almost just like an afterthought And this year. They'll largely be because they're in such a tough division, LA Rams. Uh, well, obviously they're like the Super Bowl favorites, right? Cause they got Matthew Stafford who was stuck in the NFL's uh, Siberia of Detroit. So, you know, if, if he and McVay hit it off, like they are on a, secret island somewhere then it's going to be a good year for football in la yeah and it'll be a great year for football in detroit because everybody is going to be on the stafford bandwagon myself included so excited for the guy i really am i mean when you when you follow sports and you have a a team that you root for there's you know certain people really endear themselves to you and Stafford taking a beating all those years in Detroit I think he's a great player I'm happy for him to get a chance I think we're a year away from that Super Bowl but I do think that they'll make a real good run on it I think it'll be the first foray there will be a bit of a learning curve uh, when it comes to that system. And then also I think that the NFC is just so deep this year to a point where next year there might be a better opportunity for the Rams, but going to be fun, very exciting. I cannot wait for everybody to come to the realization that, Hey, maybe it wasn't his fault. He didn't win a playoff game with the team that is constitutionally incapable of winning playoff games. Anyway, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, you know, they were wrecked by injuries last year. And now it seems like they have two capable quarterbacks. They have, uh, a young, exciting guy in Trey Lance, who's like the future, but also, I mean, Garoppolo took him to a Super Bowl while in our lifetime. So he, if he's healthy and good, then it, I don't know what they're going to do. You know, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any, but what if you have two good quarterbacks? Yeah, it is the exception to that rule, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like he's going to be, it's almost like Kyle Shanahan can use them like in the playoffs as like a starting pitcher. Like, what do you want to go for this day? Maybe it's not the worst thing to have them both ready to contribute and then figure out what needs to be done. The Trey Lance hype is crazy, by the way. I would like to start calling him Blazing Five for a nickname. That's self-evident why. But I do think that that defense will be really stout. They'll run the football this is a playoff team in my mind. I don't believe you can win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. I really don't. I know that he got there. I kind of feel like talent has got better. If they play the the Chiefs again, it wouldn't be as close of a game. I do think that they need Lance to explode in the rookie year in order to win a Super Bowl. Not totally sure he can get there because asking any first-year 
person to do that is, is, you know, really, really hard. Finally, Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Russell Wilson has never had an MVP vote and that's all that matters. You know, he's, he's so good. Uh, the Seahawks have been good his entire career. So, you know, they're going to, they're going to be fighting with the Rams and the 49ers for the, for the uh, division crown. Seahawks play Pete Carroll is addicted to playing these weird games with weird scores that are close. That's something bonkers happens. Like it's his Adderall. I love it. Uh, I feel like the Seahawks would be a fun team to be a bandwagon fan for because it's always so exciting. I'll say it. I mean, Russell Wilson is great. I think that Russell Wilson's getting a little old to play the style that Russell Wilson plays. Maybe I'm a year ahead on that, but he is going to have at a certain point diminishing returns. Tough division could go a lot of different ways. Who do you got? Yeah, this really is tough. I'm just going to go with the Seahawks. Wow. See, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I will say the Rams. I think that the Rams get it together uh, and I think they'll be able to score with everyone. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch McVay and Shanahan go head to head uh, Two great coaches, two young coaches. Maybe this is a rivalry that like exists for another 20 years. I I'd love it. That'd be fun to have that West coast presence uh, that, that draws you in to the late window. Over to the NFC North, my division, Chicago Football Bears. Uh, if Fields plays, I think they'll be good. If Andy Dalton plays, I think they'll be bad. Yeah, I think even if Fields plays, they can't get where they need to go. I don't see him going 10 and 7. I don't see him doing enough to make the playoffs. I loved Fields so much before the NFL draft. I thought that he could be 1B or 1A to whatever uh, Trevor Lawrence was. It's exasperating that Nagy is slow playing this. Like he's going to have a revolt in his hands. Uh, if this goes into week four, maybe it doesn't go into week four, but why draft someone like that? while you have this window of having a pretty decent team around him and then just waste a year. doesn't make any sense. If all that it does Yes, it develops them, but it only kind of takes a year where you get them for a cheaper price point and throws it out the window. I don't fully understand it, and I don't trust the Bears to figure out in time. Detroit Lions. Um, I'm excited for the post-game press conferences. Absolutely. Uh, you know, um, this is a pro Dan Campbell site. We're excited about his enthusiasm. I do, uh, from the few sources that I have, he is really well-liked. Uh, in the building and he does assemble a staff that has a lot of respect for him and treats him the right way. I think long-term he's the guy to turn around in Detroit because he understands the specific cancer that this franchise has been stricken with for all these years. But I think that that's going to take quite a bit of a rebuild. Like I said, I think it's between them and Houston for worst record in the NFL. And I am not excited to watch Jared Goff, try to put points on the board with arguably the worst supporting cast in the NFL. going to be pretty brutal. going to be pretty brutal because they're going to have to win games like 17 to 14, which can be daunting in this year's NFL, especially when your defense sucks. So, you know, I guess I just depressed myself. Green Bay <laughs> Packers. Uh, I hear Aaron Rodgers is going to play this year. 
Uh, it's going to be kind of a farewell tour, which is very awkward when considering he's going to be somewhere else next year and he's not retiring. Uh, the Packers are still going to be good. If Rodgers is healthy, they'll probably be around the NFC championship. Yeah, it's the ultimate. Uh, I told you so. It's the ultimate screw you winning a championship for a franchise that you kind of like openly despise. I know he's playing football there. He's playing football there because he didn't have a better option. Uh, the Packers didn't blink. I think that they outplayed him. Uh, I thought that for a long time, Rogers had the leverage and he was going to get what he wanted. Ultimately that didn't happen, but I do think that he loves playing football and football is an art to him. And maybe he goes out extra motivated and has the best season of his lifetime. I'm not so sure it's not the last year of his football career either. Uh, maybe this is it. I think, especially if he wins, he just rides out into the sunset. I don't expect him to win. Spoiler alert, but probably the division. We'll get to that. Double spoiler alert. Has that ever been done? Minnesota Vikings. Uh, at what point did they go looking for their quarterback of the future? Because they do not have him now. Uh, Cousins is going to be a problem this year. You know, he's he kind of can take you to the middle when he's healthy. And then you're throwing in where, you know, you're not sure if he's going to be available on Sunday. Yeah, I, like I said at, at, when we earlier – the chance for mutiny is there. The chance for Mike Zimmer to get pissed off and walk away forever kind of exists. I think that Zimmer's a good coach, and I love the way that he's handled himself. It must be so frustrating to do this. Kirk Cousins, a passion of mine, like him, really like him as a as a as a person. I think he's a he's a nice guy. Very aggravating the way that he's chosen to conduct himself this year makes him makes it look makes him look bad. I feel like it makes me look bad as a Michigan state grad taking a little personally feeling bad and guilty about some previous support, but more importantly, he's just not that good of a quarterback. He's not the worst quarterback, but like, would you rather have Kirk cousins or would you rather have Teddy Bridgewater? If you're sitting right here, I'm not so sure it's Kirk cousins every single time for me, that can't be your long-term answer. Like you alluded to, that's just not going to get it done. Pick to win the division. The Green Bay Packers. Yeah, seems pretty easy here. I'm probably hammering the over because I think the Lions and Vikings and Bears all have the chance to kind of have things go off the rails and present two easy victories for the Packers in division. Finally, NFC South, Atlanta Falcons. I don't know. Uh, how much longer? How old is Matt Ryan? Like 100? Um they're all, they're fully vaccinated. They weren't very good last year. They drafted a tight end very high. Um, did they Julio Julio Jones is uh, with the Titans now, right? So I don't know, maybe five wins improve from their four. Okay, I'm gonna go against you here. I like the Falcons. I think Kyle Pitts is gonna have a huge year. I think that Matt Ryan kind of has it. They got bogged down a lot in the red zone in recent years. Maybe they can figure that out. Maybe Pitts is the option. I kind of believe the Falcons can play with people. And I think that there are some teams in this division who, you know, I think that there's winnable games against the Panthers and especially the Saints. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the Falcons as one of the teams we didn't expect to be there, who is a little bit better than uh, advertised. Carolina Panthers. Uh, Sam Darnold gets his uh, fresh start. Um, they're very good on social media. Um, 
I don't really have much else to say about the Panthers. There you go. Yeah, I mean, I don't either. Uh, Christian McCaffrey should be have a great fantasy season. Cool. Yeah, I had. There's, there really isn't a lot to say about the Panthers, and that's not meant as an insult. It's not meant as a slight. They the oxygen gets sucked out of any momentum and energy they have in the division. I mean, especially since Tom Brady came over. And we might as well segue. Let's do Tom Brady's team, Tampa Bay. 16 and one run through the playoffs super bowl again another win tom brady's i this is what tom brady does i think he's i don't they they all have acts they're serious they brought back the whole team that won everything um brady is now just at the point where it's just trying to set records and he can do that with 17 games he can i mean he can put asterisks next to Drew Brees and Peyton Manning and everything they ever did. Yeah. If it was someone who wasn't named Tom Brady, I mean, I guess then they wouldn't be a 44 year old Super Bowl favorite if they weren't named Tom Brady, but it's like, you can't bet against him to just prove the next thing to prove a point. I do think that it would be delightful if they were 16 and one. I mean, that would be fun to watch. I'm trying to figure out why they wouldn't, win it again and i'm having a hard time because what they did in the super bowl that defense was jarring it was incredible it was also the reason they won at new orleans too and i think that that's only going to be better brady has more options and he's had longer to train we forget that last year was kind of like a new year for him and then we had the weird covid stuff he's been in the lab uninterrupted yes he was very drunk at the super bowl parade but he's recovered and he's very focused yes i mean i'm not gonna say 16 and one but 14 and three would not surprise me finally new orleans saints uh i'm excited to see Jameis uh have his own team he put up incredible numbers with the bucks both good and bad uh i think if sean payton sticks with him he can make him into something and I think he's going to have a pretty good statistical season. Uh, I think they're they're clearly the second best team in the division, and they should, you know, probably make the playoffs. Yeah, we uh, we we're a pro Jameis blog, and I think that uh, <laughs> fixing his eyes is going to go a long way. Uh, not being able to see is bad for a quarterback, and he just yes. played without being able to see. So if you're telling me that someone is able to have better vision in the quarterback position. I'm going to believe that they're going to play football a little bit better. Obviously you said 16, one Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay is also my pick who you got in the NFC conference final. And who do you got emerging? I would take the bucks over. Well, let's say the Seahawks. Wow. If the Seahawks get there, that will be surprising. I will take, the Bucks over the Rams. Poor Matthew Stafford, just not going to get there this year. So your Super Bowl is. So I'll take the Bucks over the Chiefs again. Uh, I'm going to fall into the trap of doing terrible podcasting and simply say same. The Kyle Coster Show is brought to you by Manscaped. Go to Manscaped.com. Put in that promo code FANSIDED20. They have the lawnmower 4.0, which is sweet. It's optimized, waterproof. You can groom in the shower. No mess. That's the way to do it. I always say that. 
It's got that wireless charging system, the whole nine yards for your lower half. Go to manscaped.com, fanside of 20, 20% off and free shipping. That's code fanside of 20 at manscaped.com. So Stephen, when I asked you to join me today, you mentioned that you had kind of an idea you wanted to pitch me and against my better judgment, I'm going to go ahead and let you do it on air. So there's documentation of it. So people can hear my honest reaction to it. Uh, and if we don't do it, they can blame me. And if we, they do do it, I can be praised for, you know, having the foresight to see it as a good idea. So what, what's on your mind? What was so important that you needed to get the recording equipment out and, and pitch me something? Well, you know how there are a lot of TV shows and there are a lot of podcasts about TV shows, both old and new? I sure do. Well, have you ever not seen a TV show? Yeah, most of them, really. Have you ever wanted to talk about why you haven't watched that show? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, it's it it can veer into some personal lanes, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that we're we're both pretty busy, and as content has exploded with seventy five different streaming services, yeah, it has begun to feel like a bit of a chore trying to keep up in all the prestige and and just made for Netflix stuff that you hear about. Yeah, there's just too much on TV for any a normal person to watch. Like, I mean, in, in our line of work, we get a lot of time in front of the TV. Um, but we also have kids. So, you know, that takes away a lot of hours. So there's just shows that we're never going to get to. There are really good shows that you hear about every day. And you're, it's just, I can't do it. Um, let me give you an example. Mad Men. I've never seen Mad Men. I've tried to watch Mad Men a couple times, but I just couldn't do it. Now you have seen Mad Men, correct? I sure have. And I was just considering going back and rewatching it with new eyes. See, and that's another thing. When you like a show and you go back and watch it, rewatch it, that's time you're taking away from seeing another one of these great new shows that everybody's talking about. And that's kind of the idea behind the podcast is it's, it's a safe space where you can go on and explain why you haven't seen something or why it took you a long time to see something. And also maybe a little lesser part, this is where I feel like uh, George Costanza when they're pitching the pilot, it's like, it's a show about nothing. And then I say, well, it's also about this. And like, no, it's nothing. You could also talk about something that you've seen that you know you've never seen another person in the world talk about like for me uh, mr in between which is like a uh australian show that's on fx and uh fx streaming on hulu and i've never seen a single person mention it and it is amazing and you know that's the kind of that's the kind of thing we would do um could have different guests on every week to talk about something they're passionate about or something they're passionate about not watching because it people have strong reactions when you do or don't watch something like i remember i'll never forget bill simmons saying he couldn't get into game of thrones because he doesn't like shows that take place in a forest and i feel like if you if i went on podcasts about how i don't watch mad men and i could never get into it people will have a reaction to it yeah, I, so it's like the idea is everybody's talking about what they're watching. We'll talk about what we're not watching. Yeah. Okay. And I, ha I have an idea for a title too. 
go well please i mean it's a working title but it, it it blends you know our website with something that's in the zeitgeist right now nftbl <laughs> okay i got it so it's like a uh it's like a wheel of fortune before and after yes and um it could stand for any number of things like uh no effing time been uh busy lately is one uh there are a few more i haven't written down but but that's the gist of it okay so i you know i think that there's some potential there is the thought process more about is is it you know i you know me i'm a little artsy fartsy i'm a little high-minded uh pun intended there is it like a like a comment on the exasperation people have of like trying to keep up with things because like as i mentioned i want to go back and, and watch mad men and i'm not going to feel bad about that because when i go back and re-watch things i see it through a different lens and it hits a different way and it, and it brings different emotions based on my life experience it's like i'm just trying to get my wife i'm like you know we should go we should re-watch mad men Mm -hmm. never seen the wire i'd like you know with michael k williams dying yesterday i was like you got to watch this guy act you have to watch this character not only you got to watch this character you just have to see the storytelling and how real a picture it paints and you know it's one of the greatest things that's ever been on television television everybody agrees and her reaction was just like do we have time for that <laughs> and i think that her saying i don't really have time for something that is universally considered one of the finest thing that's ever been on a screen. Like, what does that say? And then she went on to tick like four series that she saw one ad for. Um, it, it's really interesting too, because every show wants to become this phenomenon, right? Like right. It, it's almost like it's reverse engineered. You feel the stuff that is just put out there to become a thing. We started watching this show called Clickbait uh with adrian grenier spoiler alert he's not yeah. in it for very long but i mean he was kind of like paint by numbers trash and like a stylized version of law and a law and order episode and it was like the perfect amount of brain activity to give to something at the end of the day but by episode five or six i was like you know what this is not good and i have just spent five of my free hours which i get what 20 a week to watch TV of any sort, uh, I've wasted on this. So it feels like people need to make smart choices and they need to make wise choices. And maybe talking about like why the hardship of trying to keep up with everything could be like a supportive community in a way. Yeah, like a great example of something you're not sure if you should have watched, I feel like, and I think you're on the same boat as me based on some comments you've made, is White Lotus. Um, it was, it was heavily talked about for a while there, but you know, I watched it and okay, I watched it. The acting was pretty good. The story was a story with a beginning, middle and end, but except for this, this is the only conversation I've ever had about white Lotus right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I thought my thoughts on White Lotus was the music was really interesting and the title sequence was awesome. And it's like the two takeaways you have from a six episode run is like the the credits and the title intro was awesome and the music was weird and it had a weird vibe. Like, yes, you've accomplished something, but you know, like 
kind of landed with a thud. Like I didn't feel like there was a lot of resolution and I don't know if I was necessarily happy that I watched. I think that my wife liked it a little bit more than I did, but like, what about the feeling about when you watch something and it doesn't live up to expectations? Like it does feel like we're all racing against the clock. And when we pick the wrong thing, it's like time that could have been been better spent spent elsewhere. Yeah, and, and another one was Mayor of Easttown, which was very good, but it was also like looking back, it's like it's Law and Order with a uh, accent. Kate Winslet, very good actress. Okay, I'm never going to talk about it again outside of a podcast. So, okay, so I, I I do think that I do think that there's some interest here, and I do think that it would be fun to discuss shows. I mean, I have you know. We've been talking internally about like putting out, you know, sort of like a, an updated list of like what we're watching and what we think mm-hmm. about it. So I think that, you know, like I'd be willing to consider it. I, I, I want to hear a little bit more uh, details and what you want to do with this. But I do think that there's potential here. I say we'll have the audience choose. All right. So I think what I'll tell you just going forward and as a public statement on this is go ahead and think about what you want to do with this property. Give me a few more details. I think I'm on board because I'm not watching a lot of stuff. And I do think that there could be a market uh, for people who want to discuss things that they're not capable of discussing. Uh, Brilliant idea. So thanks for bringing it up. Thanks for doing it on air. Uh, (laughs) Smart really put me on the defensive. I can't tell you your idea sucks, even if deep down I might think that. Yes, you can. That would be even better content. No, I think I do think it's a good idea. I, I encourage you to uh, figure it out, get a proposal on my desk and, uh, you know, record an episode and, and let's let's see what it looks like. Is this your real desk or your virtual desk? Both. Oh, all right. Okay. All right, that's the Kyle Coster Show. We went through the NFL at a blistering pace. Uh, we did some stuff that could have been done offline, online. It was a weird show. I, whatever. It's, uh, it's, it's football. Thanks for listening. Rate, subscribe, review, do all that stuff. Helps us feed our family. Mm-hmm.